Hey everyone, welcome back to Two Spot Monkeys Live, episode number 32, and it feels so good to be back. Jim, how are you? I am good. Uh, for those watching on our YouTube feed, Tom, you, you look a little different this week. Yep, that's what happens when you have camera issues on your device. So <laughs> I look like a pulsating image, a pulsating uh, avatar, uh, and it's not pretty. But you're not here to see me. You're just here to listen to us, and thank you for doing so. We're glad to be back. Sorry for the delay, um, but we have a loaded episode today, and I'm excited to connect with you again, Jim, and, and catch up on the things we've missed and talk about the things that are coming up. Absolutely. Looking forward to it as well. It's always good uh, to just take a little break and chat a little pro wrestling. Uh, and we've already chatted some pro wrestling before we hit record, which we probably had a whole other episode there before we hit record, Tom. Um, oh, well, we'll get into a lot of those things, I think, here as we talk through, too. Uh, before we get going, though, with our, um, well, not before we get going, the first thing that we should discuss uh, is our head-to-head update. Uh, this is the first time we've talked to you since the Royal Rumble. And uh, I forgot to pull it up. Tom, do you have it in front of you? If not, I'm pulling it up I, right now. I, nope, I do. Yep. So uh, at the Royal Rumble 2021, uh, the standings after the head-to-head pick were Jim 5-1 and one for that event and me 3-3. Three and three. So Jim was out in front. And by way of that, uh, the current overall standings are now Jim 14-3 and three and Tom 13-4. and four. So just a uh, one-match difference. As we head into this weekend, um, that will give me the opportunity to pick first when we get into uh, the Vengeance Day takeover pickums later on here in this episode. Uh, Tom, breaking news. I don't know if you heard the commissioner uh, just came through and our head-to-head has ended. Um, it's just over now. Is what <laughs> <I mean>. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, for the first time, I think, uh, since you and I restarted doing this back in April or May, um, I'd have to look back to see exactly when we started doing this again. But April, we, we officially started counting it in July. If I'm if I'm remembering right, I want to say it was that fateful pay per view of oh, the gosh. horror show. Yes. Oh gosh. Extreme rules. That was, the that was when show. we started. That's true. We started the podcast again in like April or May, but then we we actually started counting our head to head in July, so that we ran six months at a time. That's right. Um, so for the first time since July. I have the lead since the first time we were O and O back in July and in January. Um, I am not trailing, which is a nice place to be. And we'll see what happens. Um, this is another one of those shows, Tom, I got to tell you when we get to it here in a little bit, I'm not hundred percent sure who I'm picking to win a couple of those matches yet. So we'll see. Um, and we weren't sure. So the, the one match I missed was the women's rumble. We both missed. Um, we both, we both talked about Bianca Belair uh, having a, a chance to be a winner. So I don't think we were like stunned by any means. Um, I actually got her in a rumble pool that I jumped in on Twitter. That was free to jump in Won a $25 eBay gift card uh, because I ended up with Bianca. So nice. Haven't, haven't been able to spend that yet. Cause everything I want on eBay is a lot more than $25, but um, we'll see how that goes. Um, so yeah, so we'll, we'll get into that though then. Um, so that was the one match I missed. And then you also uh, had Goldberg going over Drew McIntyre and you had uh, Daniel Bryan winning the Men's Rumble. And I was able to, uh, when they announced that Edge was number one after you and I had recorded, I thought, well, goody, another loss for Jim. Uh, <laughs> and I really didn't think he'd go the full 
uh, distance because of his injury and his age and everything. So kudos to him. Although I think he did, uh, he got some rest time in there, but that's okay. You're in there for over an hour. You, you, you can hang out for a little bit. Uh, but let's talk about the rumble first, Tom, uh, excuse me, three big things from the rumble. Uh, do you want to go first? Uh, sure. Yeah. So, uh, my first big thing, um, from the rumble was the last man standing match between Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens. Uh, you know, listeners will remember or can recall, uh, if, as you'd like to, um, that we would discuss this feud and this, um, this grudge, this ongoing battle between these two. Um, for a number of months because uh, it's sprinkled itself through TLC and, and been a big anchor of some really high quality SmackDown shows. And, you know, we kind of joked, but not joked that like, it was super weird. Or I think I, maybe I was the champion of this, you know, thinking how weird do you go from a very violent TLC to then a cage to a last man standing? It's kind of like, you would think, you would think Cage, Last Man Standing, TLC might be the right order to go to when you think of kind of like the, the brutality or the violence of those matches. That being said, as we talked about on our preview, I thought they did a really good job of getting here, getting to this match. And then I thought the match delivered. I think, you know, in one of the more entertaining matches without a crowd, uh, they use the building well. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Pardon me. Cough button, need that. Uh, they use they use the building well. Sorry, sip of water too. They use the building well, and they use the props well. Uh, save for the the issue, quote unquote issue, towards the end where Roman was handcuffed, and that was a little funky. It, it kind of brought the match down just a hair. Like I wasn't able, I wasn't totally turned off by that, but I could definitely like. The dr the drama, the drama that you might have anticipated there was stunted. So even though I have that critique, I really enjoyed the match. I thought it was very entertaining, very good, somewhat dangerous. Uh, Kevin Owens, I want him to be around for a long time. Uh, I feel like I sleep on him quite a bit, but he all he really, for me, should be a pretty consistent top 10 like performer. Um, and I just don't always put him there. But But things like this help remind me that he belongs there. Yeah, I, I thought it was a great match, too, and I agree. The ending got a little funky. Uh, you know, when they had him handcuffed to the bottom of that lighting rig or whatever it was, I can't remember, um, I actually thought for a minute, like, they're actually going to put the title on Owens here for, and I figured it'd be like a month, you know, and, and Reigns and win it back at the chamber or something if they did that. Um, like, I I actually believed, and then the ref just stops counting. Um and and did this, you know, you can't see it unless you're on YouTube, but did this motion, like, Reigns got to his feet, and, he, I mean, his butt's on the ground, like, he's not on his feet. Um, and they're fumbling around. So it was a little bit like, okay, well, now I know for sure he's not winning. Um, but, um, so a little wonky at the end, but I, I agree with you. I thought it was a really good match. I know we've got friends who didn't love that match, um, and that's okay. But um, I, I thought it was really good. Uh, my my first thing is, so I've got two positives and one critique um, out of my three big things. So I'm going to start with my critique and then we'll end with the positives um, as we move along here. Uh, the Fiend. Where was he? <laughs> um, the only hint we got of The Fiend was Alexa. Uh, and, and the somewhat silly, although I kind of dug it a little bit, you know, she started transforming into... 
fiend bliss or I don't, you know, whatever you want to call her sister, Abigail bliss. I don't know. Um, and everybody else in the match was like, Oh, screw that. And they threw her out quick before it stopped. And I know, uh, Tom, I think if I remember right, you had a critique, like it was a little bit goofy that it stopped when she got eliminated. Um, and, and that's a fair critique, but with that many people in the ring, I'm sure doing the tape cuts, you know, the pre-recorded things and cuts that they would have to do to do that is, is tough. Um, and you have people all over, well, you know, Naya was in a different place or whoever, I'm picking somebody. Um, so I get why they didn't do it. And I thought it was, I, what I liked about it was that everybody in the match was just like, uh-uh, nope, we're not dealing with this. Um, and and all worked together, you know, quick to dump her, which she's not that big of a person. Um, and, and this carries forward, actually, too, because then there was a little bit of follow-up on Monday. Alexa ended up on the top turnbuckle and distracted Randy Orton. But then this week's Raw... Nothing. Again, nothing. Um, that makes you wonder. I'm going to just throw, throw I know this isn't the case, but like, is it just like a random draw for who writes TV on a given week? Right. Be- because if that was the case, you, you, you know, you could, uh, you could, you can't justify it, but you could maybe make a case of, oh, well, you know what? If it was Bruce Pritchard this week and then Paul Heyman the next week and then, Daniel Bryan the next week, like gaps in logic, you know, connections in in the story are plausible, not acceptable, but plausible. Right. I don't think that's happening though. No. So Alexa's dealing with basically an online stalker right now too. Um, It's been out there on the wrestling sites. I don't feel like we're, you know, breaking any news here. Um, there's a guy who, you know, keeps talking about he and Alexa are married and, you know, Ryan's, Ryan, whatever, I can't remember her fiance's name, uh, Cabrera, I think is his last name, um, is holding her hostage. And I mean, the dude obviously has some mental issues. Um, and and I hope he gets the help he needs before he does something, you know, incredibly stupid and gets himself arrested like the idiot with, uh, with Sonya Deville, uh, what, six months ago or whatever it was. Um, background SummerSlam, I guess that was. Um, so I don't know if her absence perhaps had something to do with that, and that's totally understandable. But with the Fiend character, you can do things that don't actually require Bray Wyatt or Alexa to be there. Um, you can have the lights go down. You can have a laugh over the, you know, loudspeaker. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's weird when that's been the total focal point. They have certainly not wrapped that story up in any way. And I'm kind of thinking it's headed to WrestleMania. Um, you know, maybe a Firefly Funhouse match or something again. Um, I, it was just weird that they didn't do anything with it, really, um, or very little with it and nothing with Randy Orton. Randy Orton, okay, you're going to have Randy Orton get taken out of the match for the better part of the match and then come back at the end. Why not have the Fiend somehow involved in that? Like, have him have the fiend drop the lights and Orton goes looking for the fiend. And then he comes back because he's the opportunist like edge and, you know, is going to try to win the rumble at the last second. Um, I don't know. It was all just a little weird. And that as much as I like the rumble as a full show and the rumble itself, I, I wanted something there with the fiend and, and just didn't feel like we got much of it except for the Alexa thing. Yeah. And I'll, I'll agree with you on that opinion. I, I was hoping for more. Um, I like the logic that you applied to the Alexa transformation and the dump out. I don't want to call that a stretch because it does make sense. 
I don't think that I think it would have been helpful for the announcers to also maybe communicate that to us as we were watching um, because we rely on them to help fill in the story the story for us. Like, I mean, some of the things are black and white, but some of the things aren't. And, and again, if you're looking to make implications, like, I don't know, there's a, there's a number of other times where that's happened, but in the same space here, I don't think that was, that was a great time where they could have said, oh, what a smart move by the competitors in the right. Ring. So. Right, because she has become so indestructible when she transforms. And so they, you know, they treated her kind of like an Andre the Giant almost at that point. Like, oh, man, if she transforms, we're all dead. We better get her out of here. Um, and they could have told that story better. Absolutely. What was your second thing, Tom? Yeah, so the second thing was uh, the, the enjoyment I had of the men's rumble just in general. Uh, I thought, you know, for the most part, like, I think the Randy Orton stuff, could have been done better. I appreciate the heat that that exists still between he and Edge, uh, and the way it played out was okay, but it was a little too predictable for Orton to come back in at the end. And um, so this is weird. It's like it's like a it's like a cup half empty, cup half full. You know, second big thing because I liked the Rumble overall. I thought it was a great story with Edge going the distance, and there was a, a bunch of other kind of fun you know, one-offs in there. I think Christian looked great. That was fun uh, with his involvement. I think, you know, there was Daniel Bryan and, and, and Riddle going at it at one point, which was exciting. And just a n- number of other fun components to the match itself. Uh, and I'm not opposed to the way it ended. Uh, it was kind of a, for- you could foreshadow that when Orton kind of got carried out. Um, nonetheless, you know, the other the other side of the coin of the argument could be, you know, this is typical WWE of not building new stars. So again, I I, I think I've put this in writing in, in a number of places, and this juxtaposes my opinion about Goldberg, but I can tolerate Edge and I think I'm I'm more pro for Edge, maybe because I feel like he's more homegrown and he hasn't worn out his welcome, where guys like Goldberg and to a lesser, much lesser extent, Brock Lesnar. And, you know, if it was Hulk Hogan, as you know, I know it's not going to be, but if it was Hogan, I would say that's the case too. Um, so yeah, that's my second big thing. I hope that, hope that made sense. It, oh, it did. And, and it's interesting, you know, you talked about making new stars. And uh, so my second big thing is kind of about that actually. Um, so you set me up beautifully. Um, and that's Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley. Um, I think both of them were made women after the rumble now their follow-up with Ripley. We're going into Peyton Royce territory here again. Um, <laughs> you know, we can't get her on a show last week. Even a even a video package, even a video package that says, "Hey, look at how dominant Ripley was, and she's coming soon." To is she going to be on Raw or SmackDown? I mean, do something like that with her. Fine. Um, you can't find a spot for her, really. Um, now we'll see if she shows up. She didn't show up on Raw. We'll see if she shows up on SmackDown tonight. Uh, but. I, that part frustrates me. We've talked about that before, with especially with Peyton Royce. Um, don't do it to Rhea Ripley, too. Goodness gracious. Uh, but I, I thought they did a great job of ele- elevating both of those women. Um, you know, Bianca's been on the, the main roster for almost a year now. WrestleMania will be a year. Um, although she's had stops and starts, uh, especially early on along the way. Uh, but she's going to WrestleMania um, and going to fight for a championship against 
someone. We'll see. I kind of think it's going to be Sasha. Um, but we'll see. Maybe Sasha isn't the champion by WrestleMania either. Uh, that's certainly a possibility as well. But uh, I thought Bianca was was really, really good. Um, and I thought Ripley was really good too. You know, some people think Ripley should have won over Belair. I, I can go either way. Belair has already been established on the main roster, and they, they did a nice job telling her story leading to the Rumble um, and how much she wanted to win the Rumble and her feud with Bailey and all of those kinds of things. Ripley's just starting on the main roster. Certainly those of us that watch NXT are well aware of Rhea Ripley, and some, even some who just watched the main roster saw her in the Rumble last year, saw her at Survivor Series a year ago as well. Um, so they're at least familiar with her. I, I think Bel Air was the right call here. You could have strapped the rocket to Ripley with a win, certainly. Um, and she did work WrestleMania last year as well. But um, I, I think Bel Air was the right winner. Ripley will win a Rumble or two or three. Um, but I think Bel Air was the right winner. And, and in the end, as much as I picked Ripley, um, I, I should have seen this coming. I Yeah. I'm a, I'm a little miffed at myself for not picking Bel Air. Well, uh, you, you called it in a way because we had addressed the the Chronicle or the 24, whatever it was on the network with Bianca, right? And it's almost like when, when we called it, or you really were the one to speak to it, when WWE do, does these things um, and presents them kind of in the timing they do, it's kind of, it, it can be a red herring. It sure, it sure can be a red herring, but in this case, it, it wasn't. It was part of the the let's get fans who are watching on all of our platforms ready for this coronation, if you will. Right. I, I think, um, I, oh. go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, what's your third thing? Or do you have more to say about Bel Air and Ripley? Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to talk to, yeah, I don't know who Bel Air is going to pick. Um, I, I don't know if I have a favorite now. I, I, I think I, the, the Asuka, should she retain or Sasha, should she retain between now and when the match is made? seem like interesting matches on paper. I think I would lean towards Sasha because I think that they might mesh better. Uh, again, Asuka's unfortunately one of those people that's, she just, she's been around for so long. For me, she's like a, a little bit like Kevin Owens, um, but to a lesser extent, like I think I just sleep on her. Um, I feel but, like the stuff they're doing with Asuka, Charlotte, Lacey, in some way is going to lead to Mania too, whether that's a three-way, whether that's, I don't know. I, I just feel like, there's enough story still happening there that isn't going to get resolved in time um, that it leans towards Sasha, but they've sure proven me wrong before on those things. Sure. Yeah. And, and my other comment on Rhea was just going to be, I think that there's a ready-made and beautiful place for her on SmackDown. I think having her go there, it'd be awesome if it was tonight or recording on Friday or sometime soon and having Bailey be her first feud like that, those I think that would just be a great mesh, and I think that you would be hard pressed to have a better, um, unless they bury her, which I wouldn't foresee, uh, a, a, a better launch into her kind of again, quote unquote, main roster career. The other thing I want to say, and this is not my third big thing, so I'll apologize, uh, but 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 I want to, but, but I want to, I want to, I want to make the correlation. So, like, like you talked about, like you had a star making star establishing star emerging platform and, and performance with Rhea at the rumble. And then we don't see her. Yeah. But yeah, but then, but then look what happened with Damian priest. Now granted the Damian priest and bad bunny thing, you know, that's a little bit more, it's different eyes and it's a different audience that you're probably appealing to. 
that but that shouldn't be the reason why you do it but maybe but maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm just marrying myself to the old pro wrestling principles and i should be thinking for all of the markets that we want to be delving into so you know damian priest kind of to me was in a similar bucket to rhea ripley uh even though this was his first kind of venture into the into the main roster or like the big shows and you've seen what has happened with him since well, then and, and let me jump in there i'm um let me mess with our format here for a second. Priest was actually my third big thing. So let's just hit on that. Um, sure. this, and then we'll, we'll hit your third thing after. Um, I, I thought his debut was pretty good um, or his main roster debut, I guess. Uh, I think aligning him with bad bunny for many people um, is, is, is a good thing. Um, I freely admit, I, I don't know what a bad bunny is. Um, <laughs> But um, but I did think I and this is bad, probably I don't know. Bad's not the right word. I thought on the kickoff show, our truth coming out is Elmer Fudd, and he was going to find Bugs Bunny. I laughed my butt off at that. I don't know. Truth doesn't always get me with his stuff. He's pretty funny, but it's, some of the stuff's a little hit and miss for me. I thought that was freaking funny. Um, I'm glad it didn't turn into a show long gag, and you know, they, it, because sometimes you hit funny, and then WWE just like beats funny into you. Um. And it's like, okay, I, I got the joke the first seven times. Let's move on. Um, but but so that was funny. But, you know, Bad Bunny is not not in my uh, pop culture view. Even as a trivia guy, uh, I, I actually had asked a question about Bad Bunny in a 2020 uh, year in review round that I did a month ago or so. And that was the first time I'd ever heard the words Bad Bunny um, and knew that he was a thing. And then he came to the Rumble and I'm like, no, this is what Bad Bunny is. Okay. But you know what? I'm a 43-year-old white guy. I am not the target that they're shooting for with Bad Bunny, and that's okay. Um, they shouldn't be booking the show totally for me. Um, there's plenty of things I like on the show. Uh, uh, plenty might be strong sometimes. <laughs> I was like, you put yourself out there. <laughs> <laughs> but, but there are things. Um, you know. So kudos to them for, for doing it. And, and I'm actually happy that they're not going what I would call the easy route and teaming them with Rey Mysterio. Um, because it seems like if there's a Hispanic star, they're with Rey Mysterio. Um, using it, using Bad Bunny, who's got 14 bazillion followers on Instagram and whatever. I mean, and he sold a bazillion albums. I mean, he's the guy's a star. There's no question in in a world that I'm just not familiar with. Um, you know, using him to give a rub to Damian Priest. You know, you're you're putting Damian Priest right into the upper mix, not the top mix. Um, but the upper mix, you know, he's with the Miz and Morrison, who are a mid to upper mid act. Um, and, and I think we're probably headed towards, you know, a tag team match at WrestleMania is my assumption. But um, we're kind of booking out a WrestleMania card here awful early, Tom. But um, I, I really I don't, I don't, I don't you think I you're wrong, though. Out too. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong with that. But that uh, kind of foreshadowing, I think that is it's not hard to make that connection pretty quickly. Uh, my third big thing is going to be just um, appreciation for how uh, the Drew McIntyre and Goldberg match went. Uh, we both have this opinion, I believe, that when we saw this match open the show, we both were like a collective, oh, no, here we go. Goldberg's getting the strap. And <laughs> well, Mine and was, oh, no, Tom's getting another win. <laughs> <laughs> well, so when that didn't happen, that was, you know, that was good. Um, 
it makes me again as much as I just said it a minute ago. I don't I don't want Goldberg in my WWE you know landscape. I don't have that control. Um, they're gonna milk that cow as long as they feel like they can make money off of it or draw eyes to the product. Uh, but knowing that they didn't think that it was the right move to have him dethrone Drew uh, is exciting. Um, for me, at least. It makes me wonder if Goldberg even has a spot on WrestleMania and what that might be. Um, I'm okay if it doesn't exist. Uh, and, and the match was short and compact, and I think it didn't hurt Drew at all, uh, and it really didn't hurt Goldberg either. So I think it was a win-win situation coming out of it. Um, and, and I apologize, I'm going to do a 3A, So I, but this connects back to Edge winning the Rumble. I really loved... And your, your Damian Priest comments is, is what kind of made me think of this. I love the way that they had Edge do pretty strategic interactions when he was on Ross, NXT, and SmackDown last week uh, with certain talents. Uh, I just think that was a really smart thing to do. And, you know, it's kind of like the rising prospects of, of what you may consider. Not, not all of them, but some of them. So Damian Priest, Bronson Reed, uh, Nakamura, which really is not a rising prospect, but he's kind of been reborn. So those were fun. Yeah, I um, I like that neither have made their decision yet. Um, you know, sometimes we get it. Heck, with Nakamura, I think we even got it at the Rumble, if I remember right. Um, when he won the Rumble, I, I think he announced it at the Rumble, or at least on the very next show. Um, I kind of like the, what am I going to do? I don't know. I get the choice. So, you know, why do you have to announce it right away? I kind of like that they're doing that with both of them. Um, and I, I like that Edge included Finn Balor. I don't think we're seeing that match, um, or at least not at WrestleMania if we ever get to it. Um, it's a match I'd be interested to see, but it doesn't make any sense at WrestleMania. He's going to go for one of the top two titles. And it, I originally thought it would be him and McIntyre. I think we talked about that on our last show. Um, now more and more, it seems like it's going to be him and Reigns, maybe. Um, which... The interaction between the two last Friday and SmackDown was was good. It was a little campy, I felt, but overall, like I think that's the match I'd rather see. I think it's easier to sell Reigns as a bad guy and Edge right. as a good guy going for a title and redemption versus and, having him go against Drew McIntyre. And that's kind of what I'm thinking, and especially since um, Sheamus you know, is in the chamber, but he's not getting a one-on-one -on -one match there. Now he might get it on a fast lane. I kind of hope he doesn't so that they can save it because they've built that Sheamus and Drew story enough that I think Sheamus and Drew actually at Mania makes a lot of sense. And if you would have told me that six months ago, I'd have told you you were up a creek and crazy. Um, I actually think they've done a decent job with that story all in all. Um, and I think it could make for a good Mania and they've, they've got a good heel face dynamic and all of that kind of stuff with it. So but I like, I, I agree with you. I like that they've um, played with that a little bit. Uh, you know, they didn't have Bianca tease that she might be coming for EO, um, but they've got a takeover this week too. So maybe that happens at some point in the future. But Bianca, I don't think you have, Edge can give a rub to Balor. Bianca's not strong enough yet that you're going to give anything to EO Shirai by her saying, well, maybe I'll come for your title because I never want it. Um, you know, Bianca, I, I think it makes more sense to have her talking about Oscar or Sasha um, at this point. I mean, of course, one of them might go for, you know, Walter or uh, or Kaylee Ray, maybe, too. I don't know. That could be 
<laughs> Alter and Edge. Now, there's a match you haven't thought about. Sorry, my phone rang. I don't know if you heard that. Um, apologies. If it, you the it, it was actually Edge calling to let us know who he's picking. That's right. He was, that's right. <laughs> going to break the news on Two Spot Monkeys Live. You never know what will happen on our show here. Um, Either do we. <laughs> right. We don't even know when it happens most of the time. So uh, let's see. So anything else from the Rumble, Tom? I think we've tied a bow on that pretty well. Yeah, no. And again, thanks to our listeners. I know if you've watched the Rumble, you're like, wow, this was weeks ago and you're just talking about it. But we hadn't had a chance to debrief on it yet. So good conversation and I appreciate it very much. Absolutely. Well, we are headed towards this weekend's Takeover Vengeance Day, which thanks, Vince. Uh, scheduling a pay-per-view on Valentine's night. I know the stereotype is that all the wrestling fans are single and live in their mom's basement, but the fact of the matter is, some of us aren't. Um, and yeah, uh, it's going to be Monday before I watch this show, Tom. Um, e even though I have, I've mentioned here before, I run a trivia company, I have a trivia event from 5 to 7 on that evening, so it'll be about 8 o'clock before I get home that night. I am not coming home on Valentine's night after having been gone for about three, four hours and then probably walking down to the man cave for another three hours. Uh, I'd like to sleep somewhere other than the couch on Valentine's night. <laughs> so that's not happening. Uh, and that's not to say that my wife would be wrong in banishing me to the couch in any way, shape or form. Um, I'm not, not trying to make her sound bad at all. I, I would feel bad, honestly, doing that. Um, so, don't look for our thoughts to be posted too early on this because it's not going to be Sunday night, at least for me and I think for you too, Tom, when uh, when we get around to seeing much of this show, if any of it. That is uh, correct. But we do have five matches announced for the TakeOver, which is kind of TakeOver sweet spot, five matches, um, and five well-built matches, I think. Uh, none of these feel totally thrown together, which is good. Uh, before we do that, though, let's jump to a match that's not happening at TakeOver because you and I talked about this a little bit beforehand. Um, next week on NXT, we are getting Karrion Cross versus the Cruiserweight champion, Santos Escobar. Um, you and I, I think, are both Karrion Cross fans. Uh, they showed his first figure, by the way, to talk, speak to our figure fandom. Uh, it's okay. I probably won't order the first one. There'll be I know. I, I agree. I feel like, eh. Yeah, his kick pads aren't right. They're not there at all, um, which is part of the problem. And it's just, Yeah. It needs a it needs a time or a hourglass um, with it. It just yeah, there there'll be a better carrying cross coming down the road. I'll I'll worry about that then. Um, and and we both I think are fans of Santos Escobar. I made the comment to you and and you didn't shoot me down as crazy. Um, I think Santos Escobar has an Adam Cole like ceiling um, if pushed the right way. So this is a step up for Escobar out of the cruiserweight division into the heavyweight division while still being cruiserweight champion. Um, so it's an interesting dynamic and i'm still not even 100 percent sure what started the problem like they all of a sudden were just kind of in a problem i think i may have missed exactly what started it um but uh I, i'm kind of looking forward to the match i'm curious now if cross beats him in 10 seconds that's bad i don't want to see that um and do you beat your cruiserweight champion with a heavyweight that's a little mm -hmm. um because they've done a nice job with the cruiserweights um especially around the title anyways on nxt I don't know. What what are your thoughts on Cross and Escobar having a little uh, little beef here? Yeah, so first and foremost, heel versus heel matchups are always a little interesting. Uh, and this one, to your point of like, what's the issue? 
um, that's, you know, you want to, you want to be able to sink your teeth into something as a fan. Uh, you know, so I think both guys are entertaining and both guys are, are worth like investing in. Um, but like, what's the issue here? Like is cross looking to embarrass Escobar or is Escobar looking to, is, has his mouth written a check that his body can't cash. Um, I'm, so I'm eager to see how it plays out. And again, I also I'm a guy who wants titles to be valued and have and maintain value. And if cross, if cross wins, whether it's 10 seconds or 10 minutes, of course you can book the match in a way where Escobar doesn't lose value as the cruiserweight champion. But if cross wins pretty dominantly or without, you know, maybe because of no outside interference, does that taint the, the, the value of the title? And, and we talked off air, and it's important to bring up here now, too. You've got Jordan Devlin in, in NXT UK, who's also the Cruiserweight champion. And you would think at some point there's going to be a colliding of whoever is the United States Cruiserweight champion and the UK Cruiserweight champion having a you know reunification of those titles. Maybe that's Escobar and Devlin. Maybe it's other guys. So, yeah, so I'm, e- I'm just eager to see it play out. Um, it's kind of weird. It's kind of, in a way, I feel like they didn't have something for Cross to do after the Damien Priest feud. And the choice of this being the bridge between this and a potential title shot seems interesting. It, it doesn't seem. It is interesting. And, and I thought it was interesting that uh, when Edge was in NXT, Cross went and saw him in the parking lot and said, you know, it's nice that you think you might pick Finn Balor, but it's not going to be him. It's going to be me, even though he doesn't have the next title shot. So um, Cross making it clear that he has not forgotten that he never lost that title, uh, that he unfortunately got injured in the match that he won the title. Uh, I thought was, I thought was good because the title should be the focus, right? The title should be what you're after. Uh, So I I thought that was good. So it'll be interesting to see next week um, whenever I get a chance to watch that show. Um, and, and I'm guessing Karrion Cross isn't under 205. Like, so he can't technically... He sure doesn't look like it to me. <laughs> yeah, so... And again, not that I think that'd be the right move. And, unless he wanted to go with a with a story that he wants to be a belt collector. Right. I mean, he could be, I suppose, but he doesn't look it. And wouldn't be the first time WWE's ever fibbed a weight either to make something work. But... <laughs> I mean... You know, on, on NXT UK, which I know neither of us watch regularly, but we do um, keep up with the results in that, especially around our Fantasy Wrestling League. Um, Jordan Devlin had a recent open challenge, cruiserweight open challenge that Dave Mastiff answered. So uh, Dave Mastiff, carrying uh, Cross is closer to 205 than Dave Mastiff. So <laughs> that's for sure. Um, so let's start our head-to-head. And for, again, the first time maybe ever, Tom gets to make the first pick. And our first match is the women's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Finals, or Dusty Cup, as they call it, even though that's not the name of it. Um, Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon against Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. Tom, what are you thinking? Yeah, so uh, excited about this being the finals. I think you could have forecast this as the finals when the bracket was released. Really appreciate that they, uh, they, by way of William Regal, announced this past Wednesday that the winner of this tournament gets a future women's tag team title shot. Does that influence the pick here? I'm not sure yet. Um, I feel like it could 
if you if you apply that, if you think, okay, the women's champs are going to be steady and consistent, then one of these teams makes a lot more sense than the other. I also believe, and I'm a little surprised, and we'll talk about this during the women's title preview, uh, that Raquel was kind of on the doorstep of challenging Io Shirai. When you think back to War Games, and then you think that she closed out her feud with Rhea, and then we kind of went left, and this is where her energy has been. Not a bad thing, uh, but that also then makes me think because that's I think the that's the next step. So who, whoever comes out of the three way as champion, I think is set up to be the person that Raquel challenges. And I would think with the way they've presented Raquel Gonzalez to us, is that's takeover worthy. But it, who knows? It could be on a regular Wednesday night episode. Uh, so with that in being said, I'm looking forward to this match. I think it'll be a great fit. Um, I'm going to go with Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon to win, becoming the first Dusty Cup champs for the women and getting that future WWE women's title shot. So uh, I echo a lot of what you said. Um, the tag team title shot, I was hoping that was going to be a prize for the the winners of this. It would make no sense if it wasn't, to be perfectly frank. Um, because if the men get a tag title shot, there are women's tag team titles, so why wouldn't they get a tag title shot? Um, and, and everything you said about Raquel and where it seemed like she was going, uh, they decided to go to Mercedes and Tony this this month or this takeover. Um, I don't know when the next takeover is either. They certainly haven't announced that. You know, you would think traditionally right now it would be Mania weekend, but with Mania being two nights again, I'm not convinced there's going to be a takeover on Mania weekend. You could do it on Friday night, but you're probably going to have the Hall of Fame on Friday night, um, even if that's a virtual Hall of Fame or something. And maybe you, maybe you don't. Maybe you do takeover on Friday night and you do the Hall of Fame Saturday afternoon, since it's going to be a virtual thing and not probably a thing in an arena with fans. Well, and you got SmackDown on Friday. That's a good point. You got SmackDown on Friday. You can't <laughs> on Friday. I don't think it's going to be a takeover. The schedule, but, the schedule gets really tight real quick. Yep, but doing this two-day WrestleMania thing, which I like on one hand, and on the other hand, it'll be interesting to see this year with fans there for two days. How does that go? Well, uh, and based on the fact that they've announced the next two Manias after this one, this is the last time, at least on paper now, that it's a two-night event. Right. I, I think their hope is to go back to TakeOver on Saturday night um, when they can have more more fans um, in an indoor venue um because right now doing that in indoor venues would be awful with, with anything more than some handfuls like you have at the capitol wrestling center or something like that um it is dicey and how does that look pr wise um i think the super bowl going off as well as it did with 20 some thousand fans um is a boon in the right direction for wrestlemania uh, WrestleMania, originally they weren't going to use the cutouts I had read as well, but now after seeing how well that looked on TV, they're actually thinking they might do that. I think they should. Um, I probably wouldn't lay 100 bucks to get my cutout at WrestleMania, but I don't know. It'd be kind of fun. If we get like a bunch of us all and we could make sure that we were all grouped together, that'd be kind of fun. Um, but 100 bucks is steep too. That's what they did for the Super Bowl, and that's what I assume they would do for Mania if they did it. Um, Anyways, none of that has anything to do with the Women's Dusty Cup. Um, <laughs> imagine that. We went off on a... That, I, I, that, was, like, that was very two-spot monkeys-esque. I was. Uh, so this match and this tournament, um, I, I agree with you. I think Raquel is going to go off on the title hunt. Um, 
Dakota will do her thing and kind of Dakota I've always I've seen lately as almost a gatekeeper like you feud with Dakota and then you head to the title so maybe Dakota and, Ra and Raquel have some sort of falling out or Dakota screws up um, and costs them the match somehow makes a mistake um, but I, I think Shotzi and Ember the other reason I think Shotzi and Ember win this is the Dusty Cup has a really um, weird quirk in that most of the winners have not been established tag teams. They've been two people kind of thrown together. Honestly, when Ciampa and Thatcher ended up entering in, I was like, they might win this whole thing now because that's kind of what we do with the Dusty Cup. Um, I mean, tag team-wise, uh, the Undisputed Era won it one year, but they weren't even in the tournament. They just won the finals. And AOP won it one year. But other than that, you've had like Finn Balor and Samoa Joe, Aleister Black and Ricochet. You've had these weird pairings. Um, we don't have any weird pairings on the men's side, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, so I feel like we need a weird pairing, and Kai and, and Gonzalez aren't. They're, they're a unit, uh, whether they've been a tag team per se. Um, they, they're they're connected. Um, Shotzi and Ember, they're my pick um, because they're the ragtag two single stars you threw together to win a tournament because um, that seems to be something Triple H likes to do down there. I don't quite know why. Um, but they also make a lot of sense against Shayna and Nia versus Kai and Gonzalez versus Shayna and Nia. Although Gonzalez versus Nia Jax would be something to see, although I'd be afraid um, for what she might do to Raquel. <laughs> um, Tom, I believe you said you have not seen Raw from this week. Correct. But I, and I'm not going to, so we can talk freely. Right. When you have a chance, seek out just for a moment Nia's leg drop on the apron. Um, she has a tables match with Lana on Raw. And she goes for a leg drop on the apron and has some exclamations after missing said leg drop because Lana moves um, that uh, will make you question why you watch wrestling. Okay. Uh, well, I, it's on the DVR, so maybe I just forward, fast forward right just, to that. Just now. fast forward to that. Watch for when she drops herself on the apron and hit play and listen to what comes out of her mouth and then wonder why you do what you do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to uh, round or match number two. I get the first pick here, the Men's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Finals. You and I both had picked Grizzled Young Veterans and Undisputed Era to be in the finals before we saw the brackets when we just had the teams announced. Uh, they were on the same side of the bracket, so that didn't work. Um, and we didn't know that we were going to get Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher in the tournament. And we didn't know who MSK were at that point either. Uh, MSK, of course, the debuting Nash Carter and Wes Lee. Wes Lee, really? That's the best you come up with her name. Um, the former Rascals, I was going to say Radicals. That was a whole different group of people. The Rascals, uh, two-thirds of them anyways, from Impact and PWG and elsewhere. Uh, we had we had uh, chatted about the fact that maybe that's who the MSK was going to be, and, and sure enough, it is. And uh, MSK, I think, has looked really good, and they I like that they pushed them well um, and put them in the finals here uh, of the Dusty Cup. I think they've made them immediate contenders. They made them mean something. That moonsault they do, where I think it's Carter, formerly Wentz, does a moonsault, and then Wesley pushes him. Am I right? Yeah. Right order. Yep. Yep. Scares the crap out of me every single time they do it. I'm like, he's going to kill himself one of these times. Well, they did it off the apron this week too, which is even probably more risky. Right. It's just nuts. Um, because there's been a couple of times where I feel like Carter's only about a quarter of the way to a halfway turned when he gets pushed, 
And I'm like, you got to make sure that push is out and up a little bit. Cause if it's down at all, you're going to spike him. Um, that scares the crap out of me every time, but it's memorable. So kudos to them. Grizzly young veterans are, you know, being positioned as one of the top teams in NXT soon to be recognized as the number one tag team in NXT. Uh, you know, I can go a few different directions with this one. You could have the new upstarts come in and end up winning the whole thing. Um, you know, the tag champs are heels right now. And we've talked about heel heel matchups are a little, little tough, but I actually think a heel heel matchup between Oni and Danny and the Grizzled Young Veterans could work because they're just, they're, they're a little similar in the way that they act um, as just arrogant, you know, think they're better than everybody kinds of heels. Uh, I think there's something there. Um, I also think it's maybe time, especially if Pat McAfee isn't coming back anytime soon. I, the tag titles on Oni and Danny aren't doing anything for me anymore. And I think Grizzly Young Veterans would be great NXT tag team champions. So I am going with Liverpool's number one, Zach Gibson and James Drake, the Grizzly Young Veterans. Nice. Yeah, I... um. This is a tough one for me. I think this might be the toughest match for me to pick personally on this entire card. I really, I've really enjoyed the tournament. Um, you know, I went and I wanted to look back and just verify what I what I believed to be true. So this is the second straight year that the Grizzle Young veterans are in the finals of this tournament. So their path last year was time splitters round one. They defeated. They defeated Undisputed Era in round two, which was Fish and O'Reilly, and then they lost to the Broserweights in the finals last year. Now, hindsight being 2020, it made a lot of sense that they didn't win because had that happened and then the pandemic played out like it did, which we didn't know at the time, it probably wouldn't have been a good thing. There would have been a lot of like missing pieces. Um, so I think it added to their story this year in the tournament, but I don't know that this is a story of redemption. So this year they've gone ever rise, Kushida and Leon Ruff, and then this past week, uh, Ciampa and Thatcher, which was a really good match. I would encourage you to to, to check that out. Um, even though your point was well taken that, you know, history being what it is with this tournament, you know, the odd couple, quote unquote, in, that tends to be the, the team that wins. Um, it would have made a lot of sense for Ciampa and Thatcher to be that. And I honestly think that Ciampa and Thatcher versus Oni and Danny would have been probably the the most interesting match that you could have. Um, that's not to say that I don't want to see the GYV or MSK against them. So that's where I go back to this pick and go, wow, do I want to go heel heel again? You know, we're going to get cross Escobar. I think that stylistically GYV and Danny and Oni make a lot of sense, mm -hmm. but are we strapping the rocket to MSK? And, and and I feel like if MSK wins here, like I think no matter what, whoever wins this tournament, they have to get the belts. Because I, I agree with your point. Without McAfee in the mix and with Dunn kind of doing his own thing right now, after they lost that non-title match to Finn Balor and Kyle Riley a couple weeks ago, you know, um, the Brit and Brawlers have kind of faded into the background. To be to be perfectly honest, while I was talking about this match and trying to think about the two matchups that could happen, it took me a minute to remember who were the NXT tag team champions, and that's not good. Sure, sure. Um, 
I, I, I want this competition to be fun. So I, this, this match, as I shared, is going to be a coin flip. Um, and I won't be disappointed with the outcome in the end, other than the fact that I'm picking MSK to really get the push here. And they're in my picks to win. So we get a baby face versus heel matchup when they face and dethrone only Lorcan and Danny Birch. I like it. I like it. This this for me was the hardest match to pick easily as well. I, I feel like the other four I'm at least I'm at least more confident about than this one. Certainly. This um, is the number one confidence point in our pick. This, yes, yes. <laughs> when we go back to those confidence points, this will be my one. Um, because I, I'm right with you. Every argument you made makes sense to me both directions. So uh Tom, you get the first pick on the North American title match. Johnny Gargano will defend his North American title after he tried to get out of it against Kushida. Yeah, so this match, when you think of just the talent alone, is like mouth-watering. Like, I think of New Japan Kushida, which we haven't really seen in NXT, and then you've got Mr. Takeover Johnny Gargano, who, it can be argued, the shine, or the bloom is off the rose. I was going to say the shine is off the coin, but the bloom is off the rose is a little bit better. And that's not to dog out Johnny Gargano. I just don't think that I think his resume was so fantastic for about 24 months that when you think about a how takeovers have happened in the pandemic and kind of the way that his story kind of crested with him winning the NXT title and then the light going back to Adam Cole, he really hasn't had the chance to to deliver. I think that changes Sunday. I hope that changes Sunday. Um, I think my hope is wisher than my think. So. Um, I, I expect a fantastic match here. I, I just don't think that WWE, this might be Kushida's ceiling. Um, and I don't think they're going to get really behind him. So if he is, if he does win the belt, I won't be surprised. Um, but my pick is going to be Johnny Gargano. Um, and I think it's going to be goofy. And we know Austin Theory and Dexter Loomis in some form or fashion are going to get involved. If that does lead to Kushida winning, it's going to be kind of funky. Uh, and I hope that doesn't play out because I just don't want interference to be what leads to this. But my goals for this match are Johnny Gargano to win because I want the win and I want those. I want to. I want. I want the win. I want the win here in this pick 'em. Um, but I also want a a an upper echelon, you know, return to Johnny Takeover type style match. And I think Kushida is the type of opponent that can help get him there. Yeah, this to me is going to be. I mean, takeovers are usually very very good. Um, and none of these matches are matches that make me go, ugh. Um, I like everybody on this card, to be perfectly honest. Um, you know, some to varying levels more than others, obviously. That's human nature. But I don't, there isn't anybody on this card that I'm like, oh, okay, there's the popcorn match because, you know, whoever is involved in it. Um, this has the chance to be the match of the night. If it is, it won't shock me. If it's not, it won't shock me because of the other matches on the show that, that could be that good. Um you know, for me, I, I'm with you. I'm not sure. I like the more aggressive Kushida that we've seen. Um, I liked the little bit where he was standing behind the way. Um, and Mr. Regal said, well, I have to ask Kushida, Mr. Kushida-san, you know, what do you think? And Austin Theory looks at him and then looks back at him like, oh, crap. Um, you know, That was funny. That was really funny. Theory in kind of his meathead role is actually kind of funny. Um you know, it, he's he's done some good stuff in there. You're seeing a little more character out of him, which is is good. I don't know that that'll be his character 
you know, if he's ever going to be a top guy, which I think they still see theory as a future top guy, like future, future though. Um, I don't think he's going to be meathead Austin theory when he's the top guy, but um, it works well in the way right now. Um, yeah. And that was, that was really well done. Um, I think the other piece is Dexter Loomis isn't going away. And I think Loomis Gargano is where they're headed. Uh, does that need the title? I don't know. We still don't really know what Loomis's infatuation with the way is. Um, again, sometimes they don't tell those backstories as well as they could. Um, but they've been kind of involved for quite a while. Um, and, and I think I, that was the other piece that I thought theory was really funny when he got pulled under the ring. Um, and it seemed like a shark was eating him from, you know, <laughs> he sold that pretty well. Um, and, you know, of course, immediately we all knew who it was, but um, yeah, I, Gargano is my pick here too. I just don't see where, um, Kushida winning the title makes the most sense or where it would go from there. Um, maybe Kushida can uh, enter into a feud again with, I feel like it'd be again, with, um, you know, the recently uh, wealthy Cameron Grimes or something. Um, that guy's funny too. But uh, Gargano is my pick here too. So so two and one, two, two picks the same, one pick different so far. And we will move into the last two matches here. The NXT women's title triple threat match Io Shirai versus Mercedes Martinez versus Tony Storm uh, they did some nice profile packages on each of the ladies on NXT this week <clears throat> excuse me um these are three awesome competitors this should be really really good uh, I I don't know this is this is probably my two if I was going to pick you know doing confidence points and we will in our fantasy league as we talked about this is probably my two because I'm pretty sure I'm going to end up landing on Io Shirai here. But I wouldn't be stunned either to see more Mercedes than Tony. Um, I think Tony's got her time and it will come. In fact, last week's show when Tony, uh, when they had their their brawl, I guess, and there's a picture of Tony holding the NXT title, women's title. I only saw that on social media before I had seen NXT. And I actually thought, God, did they do a title switch before TakeOver? Like, what happened? Um but then turns out it wasn't. It was a brawl, which is good, which is why I need to stay off social media until I watch these shows. But but alas, I'm terrible at that. You know, they, they've done a good job of making Mercedes into just the world beater, you know, tough, strong, just going to pound the crap out of you. Tony is the kind of arrogant, but can back it up in the ring. Um, she's got, I'm going to say, the look that WWE tends to... I don't want to say tends to favor. Certainly there was a time where she has more of the look they tended to favor. Um, but but Tony's got an it factor. There's no question about that. And Io Shirai might be, she is one of, she might be the best female wrestler in the world right now in my mind. Um, I, I can't think of a bad Io Shirai match in the last couple of years um, since she's been in NXT. I don't know if she's had a bad match. Um, could Shirai head to the main roster after WrestleMania? I could see that, but we've got time to get the belt off her if that's the case. So I'm going to go Shirai here. I won't be shocked if she loses the title, but I just don't know that they've done enough. As much as they built this well, I don't know that they've done enough to make me believe that either of the other two are walking out with the strap.
Sorry, I was on mute because I have foster puppies that are waiting to be let out uh, of their kennel and it's time for lunch. So um, we're not going to rush through this because they're fine, but they were yipping in the background. Uh, so in a way, I feel bad about this match because I feel like it's taken a backseat to the Dusty Cup mm -hmm. for the women. I think it's been too much of a good thing. I think that's been... And I feel like NXT in the last couple weeks has actually gone to longer matches because of the tournament, which is not a bad thing. I like longer matches. I like the, the opportunity to tell a story in a match. Uh, but with this, you haven't really had like Tony Storm getting statement wins or Mercedes getting statement wins on this road to the title. The, the video packages uh, were good. I agree with you. I think the one that actually makes the most sense to me and actually gives me um, kind of the interest in this match um, is like Tony Storms because Tony Storm has a deeper history with Io Shirai, uh, and having defeated her for the Mae Young Classic a few years ago, uh, that's kind of a really cool element to this. Uh, I, in a way, don't want Tony Storm to take the pin if Shirai retains because I want to see a singles match between the two. I think they actually deserve a singles match. I actually think Mercedes deserves a singles match too, but they've chosen to book themselves into this three-way. Um, they WWE that is NXT and that's their logic and that's what they want to do. There's no shortage of contenders for the women's championship here in NXT. My pick is Io Shirai as well. Um, I see her defeating Mercedes Martinez. Um, again, let's not forget that Mercedes Martinez was part of retribution uh for the forgotten moments that we had to find a way to work them in didn't we <laughs> uh and 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 I and I did read you know that Mercedes um lives with provides care for there's some relationship with someone who is a part of part of a vulnerable population so her you know lack of presence and involvement in the WWE you know universe whether it be raw in retribution or back until she returned to NXT a, a while ago, that, you know, those real life factors, I think were a, a big part of it, how and why that's different now. Um, and, and, and what has allowed her to be here. I think the exposure probably is less in NXT than, it, than maybe it is with the main roster shows. Um, that's an assumption on my part. Uh, but I don't like, you know, the pay, I feel like one of these would have to have a payoff to like, you know, validate them but it's not the right time so Io Shirai is my pick I think she pins Mercedes that's, a, that's of course not on the line here and I want that because I want an eventual Shirai versus Tony Storm singles match and I think you can do that between this event and maybe you get two singles matches out of it maybe it's a screwy finish and Shirai does retain but then both women have a chance to say well we actually deserve a single shot you have those matches play out on TV until the eventual Raquel match that makes sense. Yeah, I think I think this will be good. So, and uh, speaking of retribution, congratulations to Reckoning of Retribution. Spoiler alert: She's Mia Yim. Um, I mean, her mask got ripped off a month ago, right? We all knew that. Uh, but to Mia Yim and Keith Lee, who announced their engagement yesterday. So, congrats to the happy couple. Maybe she can get a little more TV time. Maybe she's going to wrestle Xavier Woods. That seems to be the push that they're going towards. All right, Tom, you get the first pick on the main event, the NXT title match. Finn Balor defends his title versus the longest, well, he was at one time the longest reigning UK champion. Walter might be getting close to him if he hasn't surpassed him. Pete Dunne, though. 
Yeah, great match on paper. Can't wait to watch it uh, again. When you think of when you think of the kind of the the recent story of the NXT title and the matches that have happened with Balor as champion, one thing is undisputable, and that's not a pun to involve undisputed era here. But uh, they're they're high quality matches, and they're they're athletic, they're gritty, they're tough, and I think these two guys are cut from that cloth. 110 times over so i can't wait it's going to be physical it's going to be athletic it's going to be i think anything you would want in a big title fight sadly pete dunn as much as i think he's a really worthy qualified contender he's not taking the title on sunday and if i have to eat crow next week when we're here i will but finn balor is retaining finn balor is the champion i think we, we definitely have seen the foreshadowing of Karrion Cross wanting to be in this picture and how that plays out in the coming months. I think the argument, and especially with the fact that they just teamed recently, Kyle Riley's still in this picture too. So Balor retains, I don't know where and how the next contender gets, uh, gets you know shifted or moved. I think we do get an Undisputed Era versus Dunn and Lorcan and Birch six men at some point. I think it was setting up for that. Um, and, and maybe maybe when Kyle gets another shot at Balor, the third time is the charm, if you will. Maybe that's when you get Cole, Strong, and Fish against Dunn and the Brit and Brawlers. But let's not armchair book all episode long. <laughs> uh, but that's what we're here for. It's a podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to this match. I'm a big fan of both guys. Um, I'm glad to see Dunn getting... Uh, getting a, a direction and getting something to do that, that matters in NXT. Uh, I think since he's lost the UK title, he's kind of had starts and stops with focus um, in his stories. And I don't mean him personally, I mean the creative uh, behind him. And so to have him a in full time and be, um, you know, with some focus to what he's doing has been really good. And, and Dunn and Balor are going to beat the crap out of each other. They're going to have a great match. I have no doubt this is going to be a good match, but I'm with you. Uh, there is – this might be my five, um, If you know, again, with those confidence points that we talk about. Um, I just don't see any way Pete Dunn wins the title with the carrying cross uh, thing looming with Kyle O'Reilly still around. I mean – it's great to have four or five or six guys who you can all you can see any of them as champion at any time. You know, you think about they used to talk about the SmackDown Six back in the early two thousands. Um, you know who all could be at the top of the card, which which is great. And NXT could be moving towards something like that, which I think would be smart. But um, I I don't see a title change being part of what makes that happen if it does. Um, at least not right now. As we go towards Mania, if there's a takeover sometime around Mania, um, probably not that weekend, but maybe the weekend before or after, I don't know, something, um, maybe that's where Balor would lose a title. But I think it's more likely to O'Reilly or Karrion Cross than it is Pete Dunne right now. Uh, sad to say, because I think Dunne should get an NXT title run at some point in the future. But I just don't think it's going to be this Sunday. So I think Balor wins and perhaps Cross comes out and stares him down from the stage or something afterwards to set up where we're headed next, something like that. Um, or even O'Reilly or, or something along those lines. I think we get a tease for where we're headed, hopefully. Um, but Balor, I think, wins this match. Um, maybe by some botched interference by the, the Brit Ambrawlers. Um, 
something along the, I don't know how it exactly happens, but Balor's my pick here. So to recap, uh, five matches, we only have one difference. Uh, we both have Shotzi and Ember winning the women's Dusty Cup. Our difference is on the men's Dusty Cup. You're going with MSK. I'm going with the Grizzled Young Veterans. And then we both have Gargano, Io Shirai, and Finn Balor winning uh, their respective title matches, all retaining um, titles at this point. So we don't see any title changes happening yet. We have hinted at that, certainly with the uh, tag titles moving forward, but nothing on Sunday that we see changing. So looking at those picks, in conclusion, in the words of your Dusty Cup winner, this competition is soon to be either even or you'll grow your lead by one. Exactly. And let's hope that Zach Gibson gets me my two-match lead. Um and makes me soon to be the leader of this thing again. As we move forward to next week already, we're going to have another head-to-head next week uh, because the Elimination Chamber is following hot on the heels here one week later. Uh, hopefully they will do a little bit of card building tonight on SmackDown because right now they only have three matches booked for the Elimination Chamber. Apparently they forgot this was happening last week. Um, so they got around to booking some things on Raw pretty quick for uh, the Raw side. I assume we're going to get the same thing on the SmackDown side. Uh, if you had to fill, so Tom, before we sign off, if you had to fill five slots in the Elimination Chamber along with Roman Reigns, who are your five? I'm going to answer that question. One more, one more comment back on uh, TakeOver yep. and NXT. Just just an interesting observation, and, and, and I think you alluded to potentially the involvement in the main event, but not a single Undisputed Era member has a match on this show. And it could probably be argued they are the top act uh, collectively, uh, not individually, but collectively in this promotion uh, or in this brand. So that's interesting that they're that they're not in the mix. I think we'd really have to do some digging to find out the last takeover where there was nobody from Undisputed Era on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so so sorry, sorry, sorry to make that comment, but I wanted to add that in just because I'm I'm a big Undisputed Era fan. I you know I love O'Reilly, love Cole, big fan of Roddy. Nothing against Bobby Fish. Actually, the highlight of Bobby Fish for me as a fan was his his the storyline he did in Evolve uh, when Evolve was in its infant stages when he was constantly having just amazing competitive athletic matches but losing and then it finally built and turned into something and that was way ahead of the time when he was part of NXT. Um, so five guys in a chamber match with Roman Reigns, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, Daniel Bryan. Cesaro, King Corbin, hmm. and that that fifth spot, either Jay Uso, kind of to be like an added muscle, or you could easily, and not that I like this, but Rey Mysterio. Hmm. I would have Kevin Owens probably in there again. Ah, I, I didn't I didn't think of Owens, and I forgot actually that now that you brought him up. Owen stunned Reigns right. when he was involved with Edge last Friday. So yeah, that actually that actually makes more sense. So swap out Ray and Jay and put in KO. Owens. And and I had in my head I had Owens, Brian, Cesaro, and Shinsuke. It was all about who that fifth guy would be. Corbin makes a lot of sense. Seth Rollins comes back tonight. So you yes. could see Rollins go in there as well. Um that would make some sense to me too. Um and speaking of Seth Rollins, just totally an aside here before we, you know, wrap things up. Okay, I, I've always hated the excuse when people get released that uh, creative had nothing for you because 
that's your job as creatives to have something for the roster. And no, no, this man hasn't been released, but Seth Rollins goes away. And therefore the Ray Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio, Aaliyah Mysterio, Murphy situation goes away. Get Murphy on that show. Like the guy's great. He should be on that show every week. And he's proven it every time he's in the ring, get him back on that show. I dropped the Aaliyah thing. Fine. I don't, don't really need him in a love story, um, but why is he not on this? It just irritates me. And please, please, please don't have him come back tonight as the disciple again. And we just forget everything that's ever happened. Don't do that. I, I fear that it could happen though. Well, the video promos have been per positioning him as, as that character. So whether that's, again, that's the only footage. I mean, that's not the only footage, but that's the most recent footage. So maybe that's, maybe that's why I'm, Maybe we're surprised. It's it's been positioning Murphy as the disciple, or no? I'm I'm sorry, uh, Rollins. Rollins is the Messiah, and that's yeah. fine. I, I'm I'm fine with Rollins being the Messiah character, but don't have Murphy Murphy be his disciple again. Don't just flip him back yeah. to heel for no other reason than you have nothing else to do with him. And I apologize. I I I I, I heard you, but I wasn't listening fully. So that's my bad. I thought you were talking about Rollins. Ah, okay, yeah, Murphy, Murphy. Well, Tom, anything else you want to? Uh, Touch well, I, know, I, I know we'll talk about it big time next week, but the only other comment I'll make uh, just as we, as you did that nice fun um, kind of like, Hey, who would your five be in the chamber with reigns? If that were to be the case. Um, and uh, let me just pause for a minute before I make this statement and to think I could see reigns saying, I'm not going to be in the match. You had to put six guys in who had the right to choose to fight me, which would be, which would be fun. Um, and a very Roman reigns esque. Um, that being said, Based on both of our kind of ideas with that match on the SmackDown end, and then you compare that to the Raw end, it's like the Battle of Eras. It's the old guard, except for Drew McIntyre on the Raw side. When you look at all of those guys, and again, we that will probably be part of the conversation next week of why aren't we trying to bring new talent up to the level and, and right. make... Why is Damian Priest not in that match? Make fans of them, yep. Whereas SmackDown, it's... The, again, it's it's hot and cold acts if you ask me. I could care less about the guys on Raw, and that's nothing against their talents. It's just how they're presented and versus the guys on SmackDown. So, yep. you, you have the Miz in the Raw chamber, but you don't have Damian Priest in there. Makes zero sense. And I don't... Keith Lee would have made more sense in the Elimination Chamber than he does in a U.S. title match. So, yeah. But we'll talk more about that next week. I agree. Uh, when you know they tried to sell it as it's all former champions gunning for Drew McIntyre, and I'm like, right, so retreads things we've already seen. Cool, yeah. <laughs> Not exactly. to mention, he Drew and Sheamus want to get their hands on each other, and now you're throwing in their first match into a multi man match. Like, don't do that, stupid. Okay, yeah, way to, way to bury the lead, like you know what I mean? Like, like give right, give, you know, you know, I, 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 unless you're trying to tease it out, right? If you're trying to tease it out. Okay, but then, the then that works for me is if Sheamus is in early and Jeff Hardy or somebody eliminates him with a flash roll up or something, so that Drew and Sheamus never touch. Yeah. Do I think they'll do that? Hell no. <laughs> that makes too much sense. All well, right. We'll, well reconnect on that topic and more next week for sure. As right. We, as, so as Recap, uh, takeover, and preview Elimination Chamber. Absolutely, as you know, as you watch shows on TV, and you always see next week on 
whatever. Um, there it was. There was your next week on Two Spot Monkeys Live preview uh, for what's coming next week when we talk about Elimination Chamber and and wrap up Takeover. And maybe we'll be able to work a little AEW conversation in there. We've kind of been AEW light for quite a while, um, and there's certainly lots going on there that we could talk about. I haven't seen last night's show yet, or uh, Wednesday night show, excuse me. Yet um, tells you how I know what day of the week is. I don't even know what yesterday was, um, but uh, maybe maybe we can work a little in there. If not, hopefully the week after. Uh, which we're going to have to get it in soon because uh, there's a pay-per-view coming March 7th. So we'll get some conversation going about AEW as well and maybe Ring of Honor and uh, other things as well. Tom, it has been a pleasure as always. Indeed. Yeah, I love the conversation. Fun to catch up. Uh, no shortage of things happening in the world of pro wrestling if we just had more time. Right. <laughs> Amen to that. We, this could have been like a four-hour show if we hit on everything we'd love to talk about. But um, we don't want to do that to you, the listeners. Uh, either. So we appreciate you sticking with us. Stay safe, stay warm. It's bitter cold in both Nebraska and, and Michigan. I almost said Wisconsin. Uh, you're in Michigan, Tom, not Wisconsin. Uh, so it's bitter cold where both of we are. We hope it's warmer where you are. Um, and we are ready for spring. So let's get through this. Stay safe, everybody. Stay healthy. And we'll talk to you again next week here on Two Spot Monkeys Live. See ya.